to just because I don't like it, you can't tell me what to do. That is n- that is not Christianity. Uh-huh. Christian church membership is when the pastor is leading us somewhere, we follow. We follow. I'm William. I'm Dave. Dave is my pastor. Willie is a hospice chaplain. And we've been friends for more than 20 years. We've had thousands of conversations about things that matter and things that don't. So now we're inviting you to join in. Each week we pull a topic out of the hopper and talk about it. This is the Hopper Podcast. The Hopper Podcast is not professional advice, just two guys spitballing, so do your own research. Willie, one of our listeners yeah. uh, gave us a great idea, a great topic for the Hopper. Okay. So let's talk about it. Okay. Um, he says, this is uh, a listener, Nace Lanier. Uh-huh. Would oh, lo- well, n- listener, Nace Lanier. He was, we, we interviewed him some time back. Yeah, we have an um, episode with Nace. We have a couple episodes. The one where he tells his story uh, with grief and suffering. Look, uh, listeners, if you have not heard that, it's one of our best, I think, that's a, a real gem uh, back in the, in the uh, feed. Yeah. Anyway, so he, he gave us another he gave, idea. Yeah. So he, he's been listening. Okay. Yeah, and, yeah. And he gave us a great idea. Okay. He, uh, so he listened to our episode on placebos. Yeah, sure. Not long ago. Uh-huh. And he said he would love to hear our thoughts on the, quote, power, end quote, of, of physical rituals like genuflection and placebos. What is the effect and change due to simply going through the motions? Yeah, I remember seeing this on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is such an interesting idea of yeah. thinking about genuflection. So you know genuflection. That's when you get down uh, the yeah. really high liturgical churches, mm-hmm. especially Roman Catholic and Eastern Orthodox churches, uh, and some others as well. But um, when you walk into the church building, anytime you come like uh, into the center aisle, yeah. you bow yeah. to the cross, which is uh, uh, imaged up there, and that sort. Of, and so when you um, and it's a way, you know, there are some people who say, who think of that as a, um, a vain ritual, the way that the New Testament talks about it. And I think it could become that mm-hmm. in the same way that attending church or taking communion or singing songs could also become a vain ritual. But it is uh, a, a way to respect somebody, a, a way to respect God in a, in a unique way by bowing mm-hmm. to his lordship in that yeah. sense. Yeah, so let's talk about some of the ways that people do that. Um, you mentioned a few just now that are more standard procedures in, in Christian churches. In a and lot circles. of churches, yeah. Um, so, but the, I th- some of these are referring to, to more Catholic practices, like crossing yourself. Yeah, that's um, right. So crossing yourself so before in you pray. Yeah, you're going to mm-hmm. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. You're going to mm-hmm. make a cross. Um, uh, the genuflection. I, let's also throw kneeling in there, pulling yes, out the I kneelers and getting down Absolutely. on your knees, or yeah. or laying down. Prostrate, uh, uh-huh. Yeah, and so... Uh, and those two specific things are very biblical to get mm-hmm. on your knees um, and to prostrate yourself before the Lord. Yeah. Those are, yeah, yeah biblical postures. Yeah, the Greek postures. word actually means that for yeah. worship. Uh-huh. Uh, to worship means to... To prostrate yourself. Yeah, uh-huh. To, to get down. Yeah, right. Stooping before the Lord as a way of honoring and yes. humbling and acknowledging your dependence. That's right. That's um, right. Yeah, so... Uh, Honestly, the crossing yourself... Um, is not mentioned in scripture, but I uh-huh. love the idea of it. Um, I think that so I I cross myself when I pray personally mm-hmm. uh, quite often. Okay. And uh, but I don't do it in public. You've probably never seen me do that. Uh, I think I have. Maybe you have. Yeah. Maybe you have. But I have not done it. Um, I don't think at worship services. And the only reason, though, is because 
I think anyone who sees, I understand that in the position that I'm in, I'm a person of right. uh, that people follow, and uh, there would be a lot of confusion, I think, um, if I were to do that, because a lot of people associate that with Roman Catholicism, right? Because a lot of Roman Catholics do it. Uh, without understanding, or lots of people, I think Roman Catholics as well, and Protestants, don't understand a good reason for it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think there is a good reason. And that is, it is using our body, it's me using my body to... um, uh, This is kind of what Nace is talking about here. It's me um, reminding myself, it's it's literally going through the motions so that, how can I say, so that when... Um, it's it muscle memory. It's like mu- connecting my mm-hmm. my body, my body's motions with my mind. So maybe I get most often I get into a time of prayer and decide that I want to pray and think about that, and then I'll do the sign of the cross, or then I will kneel, then I will whatever. But it also can work the other way, so that I say I really don't feel like praying, and so even when I don't feel like praying and I'm not in the mindset of praying. I'm going to force myself to kneel and to cross myself. And those bodily actions help to get my mind and my heart in prepared mm-hmm. for prayer. And it, so it goes both ways, I think. Right? Okay. You understand yeah. what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yep. And I think that's why it's really good for us to come together when we worship. It's the same thing, you know, singing. There are times when I really don't feel like singing at, uh-huh. in a worship service. Right. But I, this is what we're supposed to do. There are times when I don't feel like clapping my hands. And as you have said many times, we're supposed to clap our hands. But the thing is, when I do start clapping my hands, when I do start singing, that actually warms my heart. Yeah. And I think that crossing yourself, kneeling, prostrating yourself, all these actions, if we can associate them together... Uh, you know, it, the ways that we associate them help to stimulate good feelings when the feelings aren't. Mm-hmm. I want to feel affection for the Lord Jesus, and I don't always. Uh-huh. So, how do I make that happen? One of the ways is by doing things with my body. Okay. Do you see any? Um, do you see any uh, detriment to that? Any concern? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. So people can um, say all that matters is the outward appearance. Does that happen in Protestant churches? Oh, oh, my yeah. goodness, yes. Yeah. Right? So I've been in lots of... Where if you come and go through the actions, and, and what are the actions? The actions are just different actions, that's all. Right. If they're not, and so we have the same basic thing. It's, you know, whether it's uh, in some churches, it's the altar call coming down front and right. just having that, or maybe it's singing and raising your hands, or maybe it's clapping, right. or maybe it's... Uh, dancing. Dancing, or, or mm-hmm. maybe it's st- standing very, very still. Maybe it's taking notes. Maybe it's uh-huh. whatever it is for... That that action in itself is all that's necessary. And so if I get into the situation where I say, you know, as long as I do these actions, then the Lord is pleased. Well, that is, that's what the Jesus was railing against, against the Pharisees. But he was right. not railing against the actions themselves. What he was railing against was the hypocrisy. And mm-hmm. so the actions are super important, right? It's um, yeah, all I, kinds of actions. I think, um, I think I can see why... Given that reality of humanity, yeah, that if you give them things to do, yeah, they will do those things, yeah. without the the spiritual heavy lifting, absolutely. Um, and so they're not making the right use of them, yeah. They're relying upon them, and so and that's why I think since that's a danger, if you're going to do that, you have to explain what's happening a lot. Is that fair? Ah. Uh, 
I don't know. You need to warn and caution there people needs to be warnings. about the there tendency. Needs to be instruction. Yeah, absolutely. To think if you if you quote go through these motions, um, this doesn't make you holy. Yeah. Oh, that's actually really good. And that's I think when we look in the Old Testament, that's what the sacrificial system I think was the same basic thing. There's all these instructions in the Book of Exodus and Leviticus right. about exactly what the priest is supposed to do. Uh-huh. You're supposed to sprinkle blood here. You're supposed to pour uh, the water here. You're supposed to do this and this ceremony. Everyone's supposed to watch and say this thing. And then they thought by going through all this, that made them holy. And that's why right. so much of the uh, prophets are saying, "I do." the Lord is not pleased with the yeah. blood of bulls and goats. Yeah. Well, then why did he tell us to do that? Yeah. Well, we're supposed to use that as we're walking through these motions and have that um, impact our hearts spiritually. He commanded the bulls and goats because that action is super helpful for our hearts. But if we do them without... Um, uh, attending to the spiritual nature of our hearts, then they are worse than useless. They're horrible. On yep. the other hand, we are embodied creatures. It, spirituality, it doesn't merely come from our heart. It, we, it has to come from our entire bodies, which yep. includes necessary actions. Yeah. And we've talked about this before. We have, if, yeah. Yeah. If you're, if you're waiting to, um, to feel close to your spouse before you make movements <laughs> exactly. toward your spouse, you can be divorced very soon. You're going to have to make movements whether you feel like it or not. You got it. And that's going to help you feel and vice versa. We, yeah. So, uh, We've talked a lot about that. And yeah. to say, I want to feel something for my spouse. Okay. Well then move, do something, right. you know, pretend that you, what would you do? Go through if some you motions. Did, if <laughs> yeah. you did feel love for your spouse and uh-huh. affection, how would you act? What would you say? Act that way, say those things, and watch what happens to your heart. Mm-hmm. It's going to warm up, right? Right. Maybe not immediately, but uh, right. that those things are right. connected. And and what we're saying here is that if you just if you want to be offensive and yeah. then just go buy flowers, um, you're not getting it. Right. That going through the motions of buying the flowers doesn't change the heart issue. Exactly. That you're being offensive and you don't want to deal with that. Right. And so that's the difference between. Uh, a religion and a relationship. That's right. Right, and the 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 change that has to transformation yeah. that needs to take place. That's hard stuff. That's the hard part. And when the disciples are with Jesus and they say, "What must we do to yeah. be doing the works of God?" He says, "The work of the gospel is to believe it." Yeah, um, that's, that's the right. hard part. Yeah, that's the hard part. Yeah, and doing these little motions is not the hard part. That's not the hard part. Applying it, appropriating grace, wrecking it so you know, exercising faith. Those are difficult things. Yeah. And if these motions, uh, that's why I said there should be a lot of explanation, a lot of like, hey, this is why we do this. Yes. Because this is, uh, you know, we, we are, we're Old Testament folk here, right? And we're sacrificing this bull. Yeah. Okay. okay. So the priest should be saying, you know why we have to do this? Yeah. Because you're a sinner yeah. and, you're, and blood must be shed for yep. your sin. It's, it's so offensive to God. He's so holy that you should be, you should be like totally. this animal. Totally. That's and this right. animal costs you money. I know this is a sacrifice yep. that you are trying to make restitution. Yep. And of course, as they know, they don't know fully in the Old Testament, but it's pointing to something greater. Uh-huh. It's pointing to the seed uh-huh. that'll crush the serpent's head. Uh-huh. You know, the, and, and as the, the son of David and all the pictures that they have uh-huh. coming uh-huh. together, yeah. um, there should be lots of explanations so that by the time the common era rolls around they're not just going through the motions and thinking they're holy because they they have this old law of moses that's right that's right they would have embraced 
They would have circumcised their hearts. That's, That's the biblical right. language. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Um, this reminds me a bunch of the original Karate Kid movie, and it's mm. an illustration that oh, the I wax used on, tons wax and tons of times. Yeah. Wax on, wax off. Paint the fence up and down, mm-hmm. up and down. Uh, paint the house left and right, left and right. Sand the floor, any of these circles on right. the floor, whatever. And at the end of that scene, power or end of that uh, little segment there, powerfully, the the uh, Daniel comes up to his mm-hmm. uh, sensei and says, "You haven't taught me anything." You all I'm doing is I'm a slave. You have right. to say, and then he says, "Let me show you." And it, there's, a, I mean, everybody remembers that scene because right. it's so powerful. That entire time he was learning karate and didn't know it, right. and he's just completely mind blown. So this is that's why I hesitate a little bit when you say we have to explain exactly what's happening uh, really, really often. Well. I'm not sure I agree because I think especially for children or people who are learning, mm-hmm. um, okay, look, you just do it. Just raise your hands, just clap, just kneel, just cross yourself, whatever it is. And then at some point, we need, of course it has to be explained. And to say, look, use that as a way to move into, move, let that affect your heart. Right. And so the thing is, he was not, Daniel did not understand what he, why he was doing these things. That's okay. Um, in one sense, hmm. there's not possible for him to have understood it. I think the difference in the, I mean, it's kind of apples and oranges, right? Because the hmm. karate is a, is a physical sure it is. M- maneuver, yes. right? So he's doing physical muscle memory. Yes. Whereas we're talking about a spiritual change. And so I think that the, the real exercise there is not sanding or painting. The real exercise involves mental processes. So that's a, I think that's a breakdown, right? If if it's if you're only doing the physical things and there's not the spiritual process involved, uh, I don't think it helps. I think it actually hurts. I think that kids who grow up in an environment, a Catholic be it, where they where they think uh, that this is what makes them a Christian, this is what Christians do, this is what Christians are. They cross themselves, they kneel at this time, they they stand up, they sit down, they do this, they do that, um, and they don't really get it, and that's. Gobs okay. of Catholics, gobs of them. Yeah, right? and Protestants as well. Because there was not enough application or understanding what these things are about and what they're for and who you are and what 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 is your need and how does the gospel answer that and it's it's just too um, it's too rote and and programmatic. Yeah, I think yeah. I think you and I uh, disagree a little bit here. Yeah. Uh, if it's only rote and programmatic, that's a problem. I, I we're we're exactly together there, but I don't think that. Um, let's see, there there is. Uh, some some amount of just going through the motions that I think can be helpful. Now, if we never get to how does this affect your heart, that obviously is an issue. That's what the prophets yeah. address so much and Jesus addressed so much. I'm not so that obviously is not a problem. I think what we're we're disagreeing on is how often how often fair enough are we to and to that make seems like a slighty connection bar, right right. And I think um, it's I think it's very often if you're going through motions, you need to be trying to figure out what why I'm doing this and that there is. I think it's harmful to go through motions without that process. Okay. Um, that it does produce a, a fault. Like, well, it's just what I said, that the danger of humanity um, to become like the, the, the common era Jew um, or the, the current Catholic who, who doesn't really have a relationship with Jesus, um, but does all that stuff and thinks that by it that they're Christians, thinks that by it they're holy or they're, they're, you know, they're doing the right thing because they've been trained through those processes in its roteness, without enough explanation, not enough like, here's the spiritual application. Here's why you do this. You need to know why. Um, it doesn't just magically do something. 
Oh, I think it absolutely magically does something. Well, if you're shooting foul shots, I think I would agree. The more foul shots you shoot and your muscle memory dials in, or the, the more you paint the fence, the more you sand the floor, your body is actually doing physical things that your physical body will remember. Um, but if it's not connecting to the spiritual mental processes, it's, I think it has very little utility. It actually is probably damaging. Okay. I think that is a pretty yeah. fundamental place where we disagree then. Yeah. Because I think that it's... I'm not against what you are advocating for, but I don't think that that is the only way. And the reason, what I mean by that is, I don't think that we need to start with, and I think this is what I hear you saying, correct me if I'm wrong, that we need to make sure that people have mental clarity um, before they do any actions. No, um, I didn't and understanding say that. That, that we got to make sure that, that these actions, that they understand the reason for them and, and that sort of thing. I think that um, uh, I wouldn't put that out is what I'm saying. Okay. Uh, okay. So yeah, I Help think me understand. Uh, I think that you have to uh, do it often, or pretty, or as a regular thing. Um, so even if you're talking about training kids, um, I would never train a kid to cross themselves um, and to just do that regularly without explaining what we're doing. Okay. And so, uh, but it's not something that has to happen first or has to happen extensively or comprehensively. Uh, it's something that would be in process. Like, hey, we're going to pray, and here, uh, let's do this, and here's why we do this. And then, you know, uh, two days, three days later, you say, um, hey, why do we do this again? Mm -hmm. uh, oh, we do this because of that. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you don't do that part, if it's just you just keep crossing, 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 I mm -hmm. think that's damaging. Yes. Okay. Yeah. To say that crossing, 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 and there's never any explanation. Uh, yeah. We're, we're completely mm -hmm. together on that. But for example, when you start praying with your kids and say, in Jesus name, amen, right? Or something like that at uh -huh. the end, what do those words mean? Now, at some point we need to, dis to discuss them, but I'll bet your kids learned to pray in Jesus name, amen, before they really understood what that meant. Right. Well, well, this is I, what don't it means. So exactly. I don't know about that. So I don't know about Yeah. yeah I, I, maybe that, I shouldn't say. Yeah. But that's that we do that I think for a bunch and like mm -hmm. a bunch of Christian kids, Protestant kids. I'm trying to come up with the Protestant mm -hmm. things. Um, you know, in Jesus' name, Amen. What does this mean? And okay, there's lots of books written on that, and later on we get to it. I don't mind at all people saying in Jesus' name, Amen, without really quite understanding. But at some point, we need to get to it, for sure. I don't want. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's that's just vain repetition if it doesn't really mean. We don't know what it means. Yeah. So I guess we're just the difference is a matter of degree. Could be. An explanation. Could be. And I would say, I would, my caution would be, look at all the bad examples of this, you know, and explain often. <laughs> so, so, and then my caution is that I think that the Protestant church especially, and we're both Presbyterians, mm -hmm. and maybe within the Protestants, Presbyterians have really gone overboard. The Protestants have gone overboard, and Presbyterians among them are the worst of saying that understanding with our minds is everything. And is, if I don't understand it, I don't need to do it. And until I understand it, I'm not going to do it. And until it, and, you know, the mind is absolutely crucial and first, not just crucial, because mm -hmm. I, would, I would still say it's crucial, but it is, has to be first. And, but I, I really believe in what I see in scripture is that not only can right thinking produce good actions, I think good actions can produce right thinking. Yeah. And where our thinking is often confused, if I can get people into the right actions, even if they don't understand them, then I can help them to the right thing. I'll give you an example. I remember um, 
when I when we lived in St. Louis, and I went to um, a church mm-hmm. and was help got to help out some in the in the uh, youth group, and I remember taking the youth a number of the youth group kids to the Sunshine Gospel Mission, a homeless mission for yeah. for men. Um, there in St. Louis, and we would help out in the in the kitchen or whatever, um, serving or I forget what it all was. And then my part of it as the seminary student or as the intern, church right. intern or whatever, was to preach a little 10 or 15 minute homily, right. you know, for the men who were there because it was a Christian organization. And then, so then we would done. Then I would take those kids, um, I'd take like five or six at a time, uh, maybe eight, no more than that. And I would take them out uh, for milkshakes. And then I would say, okay, so let's talk about what you saw and what just happened. And we would process all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I would say, this is what we're doing. Why are we doing this? It doesn't matter. Let's just go. Let's just do it. And until they had those experiences, it, I couldn't teach them what I wanted to teach them. Right. And so then the action comes first and then understanding later. Um, if I tried to explain, here's, let me, you need to understand what we're yeah. doing before we go. That would have never happened. Yeah. I, you, you know, I agree with what you just said. Right? Okay. I mean, we, right. We've talked about this before. I don't want to yeah, like, yeah, yeah. be kicking a dead horse here. Sure, like, sure, I, sure. I definitely see that point and argue that point. Okay. okay. Um, but I think uh, you, you would need to be careful. Um, and especially when you're talking, when you say right actions. Yeah. And you're talking about serving people mm-hmm. versus crossing yourself. Fair enough. There's some differences there. There are differences. Yeah. yeah. And and kind of get back to Nace as far as like the, the placebo, placebo effect. Placebo effect. Yeah, yeah. Because um, mm-hmm. that's really what he's curious about is yeah. like, is this, uh, you know, a placebo, as we talked on that episode, just to recap briefly, yeah. doesn't cure cancer. Right. But it can help you manage your pain, even though Absolutely. you know that's right. Uh, it's a placebo. That's right. So there's yeah, something about- Even if about you know the, it's a placebo. Even about the, the yeah. movement, the motion, the swallowing the pill, something something happens that is of yeah. some benefit, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. And his question is, are these things of some benefit in that way? Yeah. Because, you know, bowing before a cross doesn't save you. It doesn't make you right with God. It Correct. It's not a means of grace. Correct. It uh, you know, it's not, it's nothing really. Yes. But does it, even in its, it doesn't cure cancer in other words. Right. But uh, if you bow before the cross- does it produce a a movement spiritually? And I think it does. Absolutely. And that's so. Yeah, the placebo is say this is a sugar pill. It has no possible way of relieving your pain. And even if you know that, if you take it, it will relieve some pain because you are tricking your body. Even though your mind knows something, your body going through the motion, right? If, if you do the exact same thing, but but uh, don't have a, the pill in your hand, right? right? Remember, we talked about that. And you pretend to p- take the placebo into your mouth and swallow it, but you don't actually. It does. Ha- it has no effect. But if you do take the sugar pill and put it in your mouth, the thing is your body knows that a pill is going to help me. Even if your mind says, no, it's not, mm-hmm. the, your body somehow, it actually is super effective in changing things, changing your pain level. Yeah. It doesn't cure cancer, but it changes the pain level. So I'm with you. So I think he's, I never thought about that connection before, but right. I love the idea of if I'm going to bow, um, even if I'm mad at the Lord, but if I come and bow before him, mm-hmm. uh, the, my body is going to say, hey, look, this is your Lord, even if my mind is still, uh, you know, yeah. in argument with him. Yeah. Well, let me, let me throw another wrench in it. Yeah. Just because, you come know, because it's, it's fun. fun to do. Yeah. yeah. Um, when I'm thinking about a placebo. Yeah. Okay. So I've got back pain. Sure, I know you do. And I have a placebo. Yeah. And I have real medicine. Yeah. Um, I take the real medicine. Sure. And it it does help. Yes. Okay. Um, it's 
quantifiable. It's measurable. It, it, the placebo also does help and is quantifiable and quantifiable. Qu- yep. quanti- yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the quantities are far less. It okay. doesn't help as much. <laughs> right. That's true. Right. So, so if I if I'm really hurting and I feel like oh I need to take something. Yes. I want to take something that actually really gets it done. Yes. Right. Yes. I'm not going to just take a placebo. Yeah. I'm going to do what really matters. Yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. For right. sure. Okay. So uh, connect that spiritually. Right. There are things that I know are a direct means of grace. Yes. Where I'm connecting with connection. God. Yeah. Uh, I'm praying. For example, I take long prayer walks. Yep. That is a means of grace. I'm communicating and talking with God. Yep. I don't cross myself. I don't bow because that is placebo. That's that's baby stuff compared to the actual praying. You with me there? Uh, ah, I, I, this, I, I, I see what this. you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, why would I... Um, why would I do some sort of body movement um, when I can have something? You know, why, why take a placebo when I got the real stuff? That's I don't my question. Th- here's my question. Yeah, yeah. It's not either or. I agree with you. It's not either yeah. or, right? And so you're saying I could either cross myself or pray. If that's the question, oh, heavens, there's not even a question. Right. Right. That's the, that's the analogy of let me take a sugar pill or an Oxycontin when I've got, you know, a crippling back pain. Right. Why are we even having this discussion if it's either or? Okay. Um, but. Well, pause for a second. Yeah. Is there any, I mean, you're the one who did the, the placebo research. Is yeah, there yeah. any, if I took, if I took a, a, a real medication yeah. and a placebo, is there any way to prove that the placebo uh, multiplied the, well, the work of the pain medicine? Uh I had I did not see any research on that, right. but I did see research that said that may be relevant here. If you take one placebo, it is not as effect one placebo pill is not as effective as taking two placebo pills. Uh-huh. Which means if you said, here's an oxycontin and And a sugar pill. And a sugar pill, I so I didn't see the research on it, but my guess is it would the placebo if you took both, the placebo would uh, like be a boost to whatever the oxycontin that, was doing. That is so hard An for me to believe. Actual boost. It's so hard to believe. I, I mean, I didn't do the research, but yes. Yeah, so oh, the, the research is overwhelming about the effect, the positive effect on pain, on anxiety, on constipation, on a number of things. Yeah. Go back and listen to it because I, 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 I don't have the, all that information exactly uh-huh. in front of me. It's overwhelming. It's not as effective as actual you know, pain medicine. Yeah. So here's the thing. But it is effective. If I'm tricking myself yeah. into feeling better, I don't think that's all bad, right? Oh, agreed. But I think people do. I think some people feel like, yeah, but this is just a trick. It's not real. And I'm like, well, it, <laughs> if you're feeling better, it's, yeah. If you're feeling better, you're <laughs> feeling real. better. And so the, I feel the same way when it comes to uh, to these mo- these movements, yes. religious movements. Yes, yes, yes. Um, if, it, if it helps me connect emotionally to God, uh, why not? Yeah. Why not? Uh, right? Okay. But, yeah, but but does that always is that always the case? I mean, we can't just say uh, it's it's like a placebo, and we have research on a placebo, but we don't have research on this. And so, if I say, "Hey, every time you pray, you should crush it," say I go to church on uh-huh. Sunday. I uh-huh. say, "Hey, from here on out, uh-huh. when we start praying, every yeah. time I start praying, you're gonna you're gonna do this cross thing. You're gonna get on your knees." Yeah. Okay. Um, do you think that there would be any backlash at our church? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, there would Huge. be. Huge. Why? Uh, I I think for an inappropriate reason, honestly. Tell me why. I think I would have backlash for a different reason. This is why I think most people would have yeah. backlash for it. <laughs> and that is, we're not Catholic. Uh-huh. And that's what Catholics do. 
You think that would be the main I backlash? I think that would be the main backlash. Why I, are we doing this? Scripture doesn't say we have to do this. Okay. Scripture doesn't say we have to do this. What would, you, what would your backlash be? My backlash would be um, it, that it is... Uh, what, what, my backlash against you for saying, for, for that, saying yeah, that yeah. is I would say you got to ease us into it. If you're uh-huh. going to train us to do it, you got to ease us into it. Right. You as well, the, as our pastor, well, okay. our let's say, shepherd. Let's say I did. Let's say I was easing you into it. Um, there would still be a backlash. And I don't, think, I don't think it's because they would say that's what Catholics do. What do you think? I think the, black, the backlash would be what I've already had from, uh, hey, let's clap our hands. Let's, um, it, it's okay to raise your hands. It's, uh, uh-huh. you know, yeah, yeah. Um, and that is, uh, I don't want you telling me um, how to do this. Um, okay. I am, yeah, I will govern myself. Fair enough. Yeah. So let me say, uh, with that, you already tell us how to do it. You have done, you have, since you, so you've been the pastor of our church for- uh, Almost two years. Almost two years. Yeah. When you came, you immediately changed the way we did communion. Uh, it wasn't immediate. Was it immediately? No. It was quick. Sorry. It maybe wasn't, it wasn't, yeah. maybe it wasn't the first Sunday. Yeah. It was, it was pretty was, quick though. It was it pretty was quick. It was about six months. No. Oh, yeah. Did you yeah. wait that long? Yeah, I waited a while. Okay. Well, you, it was not that hard, though, to change maybe, the way we did communion. Okay, maybe it was three. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I think it was closer. May, may have been three. It wasn't immediately. Nonetheless, yeah. you changed the way we did communion. And now everyone does communion in, in the same way, which honestly, okay, so here's another religious action. So mm-hmm. we all, at our church, we all stand in a circle yeah. around the perimeter of the room uh, and we take communion together facing each other, which uh-huh. is different from other ways to do communion. I right. think all the different ways of communion are terrific if we understand what it's for, right? So right. here's another, there's interesting. Here's this religious movement that is kind of strange and you don't actually uh, explain why we are standing up. You have, you I have. I, yeah, I explain. It's not often. It's not often that you explain, which is fine. Well, because it's not children, um, it's it's adults. And so... There's a difference in when you're training a child or someone who doesn't know what's happening versus, but you know, every week there's, there's instruction, there's a word of institution. Sure, but like, not, yeah. a, no, no, of course, all that, yeah. but not about this particular, why are we why standing are we the way yeah. that we're standing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I think that. There was backlash, I, by the way. I'm sure there was. Yeah. I'm sure there was, but there's not, probably not anymore. No. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think. This is hard for pastors to say, and now I'm not a pastor, and having been a pastor has helped me with this perspective. Yeah. I think that a particular group of people, part of what it means to be a church is to be a particular community, a family, really, mm-hmm. brothers and sisters. That's what, that's what uh, the New Testament calls us. And we have a shepherd, a leader. And if there's a shepherd, then we're sheep. Now, there's a sense in which all, even pastors are sheep. Okay, I get that. But there is a, like, there is a pastor. Pastor literally means sheep, uh, a shepherd. Yeah. Literally means shepherd. And uh, we are, submit. the church members ought to submit themselves to the leadership, especially of the pastor, but also of the elders. That's mm-hmm. kind of a weird, um, difficult dynamic. Right. But certainly the pastor, we submit ourselves to the leadership of the pastor. The pastor will stand before God and give an account for the souls of the people under his or her uh, direction. And it's, uh, as such, we, I think, unless there's some big heretical thing, we need to follow what the pastor says. We need, that's not to say that the pastor is infallible right. or shouldn't be challenged. The pastor yeah. should be challenged. The pastor is not infallible. However, uh, 
to just because I don't like it, you can't tell me what to do. That is that is not Christianity. Christian uh-huh. church membership is when the pastor is leading us somewhere, we follow. We follow. Okay, so I think to repeat what you've said, yeah, um, there is a, a a culture. Every family has a has a certain culture, yes. and, and the pastor is deciding to what degree we're going to do these physical manifestations or these certain liturgical things? Yeah. components. Mm-hmm. Um, how are we going to change them up? We're going to keep them the same. Yeah. You know, you change things. I like to keep it the same. Right. Uh, it's just a, a, a preference style, right? Totally. And, and uh, I'm the pastor, so we do it this way, right? I, and, I, and you're cool with that. That's I what have, you're saying, I've right? tried really hard to be cool with that, right? Well, <laughs> yeah. well you yeah. and I disagree, and, and, I, and I've got some strong thoughts on it, and I hope that I, I want to support you and I want to follow you and part of supporting is giving you new ideas or whatever, but I hope that you feel like that I am um, participating. I, I want to be participating and, and supporting the and pastor in the leadership. Right. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. So I, I know that you would prefer to, to, to move the, the liturgical pieces around from time to time. Of course. I, yeah. Um, and I and I don't. So yes. uh, I, I understand that. So, okay. so uh, I guess if a pastor yeah. um, adds every possible. Yeah. You know, when you walk in, you're going to bow. When when we pray, you're going to cross yourselves. When we do this, you're going to kneel. <laughs> yeah. You, you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Um, and and those things, although although probably helpful, yeah, they are not the sacrament. They are not no, the preaching no, no, of the no, word. No, 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 They are not the prayers. Certainly not. No. The, right. Like of course the, not. Right. Because because those things are scripturally God has instituted and says I'm at work in these things. Yes. Totally. I'm at work in these things. Right. Totally. There is there isn't uh, a lot of um, extra right. stuff, right? But some, uh-huh. like, like you said, standing in a circle—that's a good example. Uh-huh. There's a reason why I have a stand in a circle during communion. There's absolutely a reason, yeah. and a good spiritual reason for mm-hmm. that, because you are trying to uh, move our hearts to understand and understand with our bo- from our bodies first right. into our hearts or minds something that is true and real about communion that our minds and hearts are slow to get. Yeah. And so this is, you're saying, please stand in a circle so that you can, your hearts can be moved and changed. Right. Nobody, nobody in our church, uh, well, I shouldn't say that. Most people in our church don't like to raise their hands. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, but right. it's, it's biblical. It is. It's not... It's not bound before a cross. That, is, that's yeah. not extra biblical. This is this is a biblical thing. Yeah. And so God is saying, this is what I want you to do yeah. at some point. Yeah. And so I just ask people to do that at the benediction. Right. Uh-huh. Because that's a very simple it's way. It's an easier way to do it. It's an easier way for everyone to get used to the idea mm-hmm. um, that I will enter into a fuller humanity by yes. expressing physically yes. what God is asking me to express physically. Yeah. And so uh, this is, you know, when I want people to to give that a whirl. And if yeah. they, at some point, grow into worshiping with their hands up, great. Yeah. As long as they're not being sensationalists and all that, mm-hmm. or, you know, abusing it. Uh, likewise, uh, clap hands at the end of the song. You can clap during the song. You can clap some other time. But, you know, a couple of times during the service, I have people clap their hands because they need practice at clapping their hands. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right? So I'm agreeing with you, yeah. for sure. Uh, I guess it is just like a matter of degree. Maybe so. Yeah. I'll give you a couple of examples that I have thought a lot about. Um in, in terms of using our physicality as an avenue for the development of our heart spiritually. Mm-hmm. Um, one is uh, when we have um, uh, special services, I'm thinking of like a Maundy Thursday service. Uh, that is not a biblical idea, of course, mm-hmm. but having that service uh, um, is often 
they pl- there's a lot of play with light and darkness. Mm-hmm. As Jesus is arrested, we contemplate his arrest and, you know, that kind of thing. And so it's often, I've been in many, many of those services where it starts out, at, it's dark, so it starts out um, when the sun is up and the lights are, you know, but just barely. And as the... Um, service goes on, we end the service in significant darkness. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's very, very dark. That is, and then, you know, we blow candles out and that kind of thing. Uh None of that is biblical, but that's kind of the physical environment and our eyes perceiving light and darkness. And we're going from light into darkness and then leaving completely in silence. All of that is Mm -hmm. not just mental. It is a physical thing um, that man, the somberness of the moment stays with me mm-hmm. in a way that it doesn't normally, but I want it to. Mm-hmm. I want it to. Light makes a difference. The other thing that comes to mind, um, and it, that affects my heart, right? It, it right. affects my connection to the cross and to the suffering of Jesus and the darkness that he went into. Um, the other thing is that when I was the pastor of a church, um, I was I was thought very deeply about how do we use all five of our senses um, yeah. in worship. Taste was very difficult, except for the sacrament. Uh-huh. Smell is very difficult, except for the sacrament. But I found another one for smell. Incense. Um, not incense, but that's what. So there's uh-huh. something about that 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 is very scriptural, you, of course. You finally started putting powder in your shoes. <laughs> <laughs> finally, yeah. it wasn't so distracting to everybody. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. Uh, no. Incense is very very scriptural, and I thought about incense because mm-hmm. it like we are. Uh, right. Second Corinthians tells us that we are the incense in God's nose. Yeah. Um, and so, and then the Old Testament used a lot of incense that's, that's very, very scriptural, mm-hmm. S- similar to like clapping or raising your hands. There's commands to use incense. But I think incense would be very, very confused by Presbyterian churches, you know, and so... Yeah, some people don't like those smells too. Indeed. And so, so it's it can, not it can always be, pleasant for everybody. Not, yeah. Right, right, right. I don't know that it's necessarily supposed to be pleasant. It's supposed to be um, strong. I mean, it's supposed to be pleasing in one sense, but strong. It can be really, you yeah. know, it's not like poop or, you know, that would be <laughs> terrible. You had to go there. <laughs> it's a it's hopper, the hopper podcast. It's the yep. hopper podcast. Yep. So what we did is I found some candles, some specially made candles that smelled just like fresh baked bread. Okay. And at the very beginning of the worship service, when I was the pastor, we would we would have everyone salivating, waiting for the at sacrament. At the front, mm-hmm. we it's exactly right. Yeah. So I would light the candles just at the, and they were small. They were very mm-hmm. small candles, but there was a number of them around the stage, so that as time went on, and their aroma grew more and more and more, uh, the smell of fresh baked bread through the worship service, and we timed it just right so that um, as the sermon is nearing the end, and we're going to transition mm-hmm. to the communion. Everybody's like, okay, th- I'm ready for communion. Yeah, because we're going to have some fresh bread. And Let me it's ask you something. Be good. And it was a part of training. It was part of worship. I it love was it. Part of worship. Did, but did you give them a little tiny piece of bread? No. You gave them a nice big slice. So, because I would want a nice slice at that point. Okay. A so, slower, you know, yeah, chewing. Yeah. So let me tell you, ruminating in that meditating in that church. One of our um, members was a baker. Mm-hmm. And he baked bread for a artisanal. He was a he's yeah. like a 
he went to like conferences all over the world. So people could break off a breads. hunk they wanted. So he would he would bake bread, and we would go yeah. to the, one of his stores, and he would arrive in his work clothes. He would work Sunday morning, and he would finish the shift before the worship service started. You know, bakers have to start early, and so uh, one of those pieces of bread that he baked would arrive to a store. One of our folks would go and buy it at the store and bring it, and then you'd tear off a piece. And so yeah. there were a number of folks in our church that would everyone got to tear off whatever uh-huh. size they wanted to. But there were a bunch of folks in our church that would pull off a big hunk where they're just chewing and right. chewing and chewing. Did they have butter in their pocket? <laughs> I never saw that, <laughs> yeah. but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. you could get, if you want a big slice, you just tear off as big a piece as you want. And mm-hmm. it was a big piece of bread. You know, I, these are good ideas. I especially like the light and darkness on Monday, Thursday. That's good. Oh, have you not been to a service like that? Not really. Wow. I've yeah. been to many, and I think that's the tradition. I mean, I don't yeah. know what tradition is with that, but yeah. that's, it's, a, it's playing with light and darkness. And then you got candles, and you'll start blowing yeah. out the, and the, you know, the, you don't, you end with no benediction. And because right. you've been doing a benediction at the end of every worship service for so long, then basically it's, you know, they took Jesus yeah. away to, to die. And then you snuff out that last candle, and it's, dark. I mean, you yeah. can't see a thing. Yeah. Now, um, do you do that uh, with a Good Friday service? In which case I would, you know, if you were separating those two, Thursday and Friday, I would probably want to leave the absolute darkness for Friday. But Yeah. So let me yeah. tell you, let me tell you the um, part of how uh, traditional Good Friday service that I have seen goes in along, along these lines. Yeah. In uh, high liturgy churches, there's always banners and flowers and the colors, you know, the different seasons have different colors. So you have the banners. I know you've been in churches like this. Mm-hmm. And so it's the, the stage is highly adorned. On Good Friday, the stage is completely bare. And, mm-hmm. they, and that's the only worship service is on Good Friday and you come. And when you are used to seeing like this beautiful, like color and... And it changes, so you got, but yeah. you got the the life. I got you. And, all, mm-hmm. and then it's, it, it's, it, yeah, it is stunning. It is stunning, mm-hmm. and that's the Good Friday service. Yeah, yeah. So that's one way you can do it. So when I've seen, because Good Friday services typically are, uh, the traditional was in the middle mm-hmm. of the day when Jesus was hanging on the cross. You could do it in the evening as well, um, and I suppose you could do it. At, that makes it. It's almost impractical to start with complete darkness. Right. Is what I'm saying, and so that's I've not seen that before, but I, that could be powerful for sure. Um, it sounds like you prefer the uh, the era of the church when it is um, when it's most popular in culture. In other words, you like the time when church has all the money and lots of people. Uh, it can have big buildings and a big budget to uh, produce these sorts of things, uh, banners and colors and flowers and lights and incense and, and, you know, church runs in cycles and mm-hmm. we're, we're mm-hmm. that, that time is falling away. And, uh, uh, you know, to me, it just sounds all a little exhausting at the thought of like me trying to plan that in our church. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just sounds exhausting. Um, I, I like it, but it also sounds like a big church production and we don't have that. Uh, I'm not saying I'm not, I wouldn't take some of these ideas to heart for us, but I'm saying, uh, Maybe maybe think about that in terms of uh, catacombs and, you know. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, so there are big budget ways of doing this and little budget ways of doing sure. this. And our church is not little budget, but it's not big budget either. And so I think that you can find ways to do it in smaller. But I mean, I yeah. you know, the church I'm talking about that I led, 
um, my pulpit was a music stand, not as big as the one that you preach yeah. from. It's a, you know, <laughs> I said I needed a bigger music stand. You said you needed a bigger did, music yeah. stand, and yeah. you did, and I'm glad for that. But yeah. what I'm saying is that, yeah, I mean, we found there are ways to, it's paying attention to these things yeah. and it's paying attention to how to, how can we make the, our physical world, our bodies, and then our, our environment and our homes and yeah. our cars and whatever, um, it design things in such a way that it uh, leads our hearts to spirituality. Now, of course, we if, if our hearts are hardened, then it, it no matter mm-hmm. what we do, everything is going to harden our hearts, right? Um, if I say yeah. the Lord's Prayer over and over and over again, that's going to harden my heart if my heart is hard already. But meditation on that, if my heart is soft, is going to soften it even further, yeah. right? I wonder, when you read Acts 2... Yeah. Um, and the early church. Yeah. We just don't have a lot of information of what Indeed. these sorts of things yeah. they would have done or what has cultivated over the... I mean, we've seen it in history uh-huh. later on. But early on, was it um, was it more uh, communal and relational and less programmatic? Yes. I think it was. 100%. Yeah. And, um, and I'm not saying that that shouldn't have changed, but I, again, going back to our earlier discussion, there's I think there's caution here for sure. Oh, about yes. about the the utility of these things, um, or or maybe maybe the expectation that these things are going to do something spiritual. Um, yeah, yeah. In, in other words, the degree again is important, and the explanation is important, and I think you can overrun people with signs and pictures and things that. Um, are not the same as prayer, are not the same as preaching, are not the same as con- congregational singing. And, no doubt about it. Yeah. There's no question about that. You can overwhelm people. And when it comes to, we need to, maybe we can throw that in the hopper because this segment is going really long and it's right. been good and I've enjoyed talking to you. But um, the whole programmatic church versus deprogrammed or more relational church, mm-hmm. if I had to pick between those two, I'm going to go for the deprogrammed relational church. Hundred percent of the time, mm-hmm. um, we we are stuck with a program church, and the distinction there really comes. Uh, the big thing was in three thirteen when Constantine sure. made Christianity. I'm surprised to hear you say that. Actually, I mean, oh heavens, I'm pleasantly surprised to hear you say that. Yeah. I would no. There's no question in my okay. mind. I, but because we've got large churches that are program driven, yeah, I want to make them as holistic holistic as possible that we are whole beings we're not just minds and presbyterians have a hard hard time with that yeah yeah well i'm i'm done with this one you done okay thanks nace for the topic it's a good topic i hope we i hope we we hit it instead of just rambling about what we want to talk about that's right (laughs) thanks (laughs) right in and we'll we'll talk some more about it if if we didn't get it right to the Hopper Podcast. You made it to the end of this week's episode. Congratulations. You win a barbecue potato chip that looks like Richard Nixon. That could actually go on eBay. I think that would be a good one to claim. Yeah. Well, to claim that, write us at thehopperpodcast at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 214-267-9287. Join us next time where we'll discuss if Wheel of Fortune has put on too many bankruptcy spots. I 
there a punch? They've gotten to be too excessive. Okay. Make sure you like, subscribe, follow, or join the Facebook group for more Hopper goodness. The Hopper Podcast is sponsored this week by the Canine Film Festival.